Welcome to Future Foodcast. I'm Pam Line Miller, your host. Thank you so much to our sponsor, Farm to Plate. They are creating tomorrow's food business ecosystem today. You can find out more at farmtoplate.io. Our guest is really interesting. He is the CEO of Ingredient Brothers. I have Aaron Mizrahi with me, and he's going to talk to us all about what his company does. Welcome to the podcast, Aaron. Hi, Pam. Thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, we are so glad to have you with us. Ingredient Brothers is, it sounds self-explanatory, but why don't you <laughs> tell us what your focus is as a company? Yeah, I mean, it's a very simple, you know, I'd say it's an unsexy business is what people tend to call it. We're not one of those tech, big tech companies, but what we're trying to do is just improve the way people source ingredients throughout the world. I think my, both my partner, Alap, and myself, when we were, um, you know, in the field, buying, you know, a lot of ingredients um, all the time from different places, different sources, importing our own ingredients, um, we always saw a need for a better platform for to allow buyers to get access to great ingredients, right? Not just great ingredients, but great ingredients that come with all the right compliance, the right pricing, the right consistency, and the right logistics and supply chain, you know, services that surround it. So we started Ingredient Brothers about two years ago, um, and it's uh, been a really, really fun journey since then. Yeah, and I love to talk to entrepreneurs who have founded their business based on something they observed in their previous work life or experience. They just saw a need that needed to be filled. And it sounds like that's the case with you and your partner. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had two jobs. I you know, came to the US about 10 years ago for graduate school. I've had two two roles since you know coming here. And the first was at a meal kit startup and the second was at a company called nuts.com. And you know, the patterns were very similar in terms of where I thought that there was opportunity. And it just, you know, I'm a finance guy, I look for information asymmetry. Like where are we, where is there less in, where someone else has really a lot more information than the other person? I felt like in this in the space the suppliers or distributors tend to have a lot of information. It's really hard for the customer to get all that information, or at least it's not easy to get and absorb that information. So how can we build a platform that does that and reduces some of that friction? Because, you know, we're trying to um, give people access to the world's best ingredients, as well as, you know, find manufacturers that are doing incredible things and give them a platform for growth, right? And uh, the U.S. is an incredible platform for growth. People are desperate to sell into the U.S. market. The U.S. food market is um, insane, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, <laughs> okay, and, we'll have to find uh, out and, a little uh, bit about that. Yeah, but uh, you know, so how do we, you know, democratize the 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 whole process and and make it easier for everyone, um, which you know in turn helps us build a really great business. Yeah. So, what are some of the main focus points for you as a company as you try to meet those needs that you saw? Yeah, so I think, you know, the obvious one is the first is compliance. Um, there has been a lot of change, you know, in the last quarter, 20 years. I will have a minute for 20 years, but it feels like the last 20 years has been a lot of significant changes in the regulatory environment in food. Um, I think you continue to see that push, not only in just the regulatory aspect of it, but so many different certifications that people are going after, upcycling, gluten-free, vegan, GMO, animal cruelty. There's so many different certifications that have to happen that um, a lot of the older importers who come from a world where these things didn't matter, right? And you didn't need compliance and you were just bringing things in and storing them and selling them to whoever needed. Um, I, you know, that became a big focus of ours because um, we just, that was a big gap that we saw ourselves. And so we spent a lot of time 
building out our QA process. And, uh, you know, I was taking someone through the onboarding of an ingredient um, that we do ourselves. And it's, it is phenomenal. You know, there are so many steps to sourcing one coconut. And so, you know, that the QA aspect is definitely a big aspect, a big focus of ours, as well as like logistics and moving of the product. And how do we give um, our customers more transparency into our supply chain? And, you know, we fundamentally believe that if we're able to do that, then we can reduce their inventory risk, allow them to, let's say, operate a little bit leaner because they've got better information with regards to like how much inventory we have, you know, in our warehouses, how much is on the water, how much is that, you know, production. And that also helps our manufacturers. Um, you know, if we're able to facilitate that information back to our manufacturing partners, you know, they can become real strategic partners. And I think now a lot of the times, like even though people have, you know, an in inverted commas strategic relationship with their suppliers, that sometimes ends at like a handshake. It doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really begin with like transferring of knowledge consistently to improve that, the, to improve the process for the end customer and and in turn, like help everyone grow again, right? And uh, I think yeah. we're trying to build that, um, you know, end-to-end -end communication channel. Okay, Aaron, you said a lot just then. I want to unpack <laughs> I talk a, a lot. little bit of that. <laughs> no, let's, there's some really great things. Well, first of all, quality assurance and that whole compliance piece is is more stringent now than it ever used to be yeah. to your point and i think the days are almost gone the handshake that really like you're talking about between the farmers and the people that are buying from them and along the way you know that's starting to go by the wayside because we need to have you know contracts we need to have a guarantee that the product that you're supplying is actually what you say you're giving us and you know all of those checkpoints along the way so that whole focus on quality assurance that I know Ingredient Brothers is really, that's paramount from what you were saying about your company, that you're really paying attention to that. But the other thing is that whole accessibility of information. You know, where is the product? How yeah. much is the manufacturer? They need to plan what they're doing production-wise. Is How much is on the water? How much is you know, in transit, how much is on a truck, how, you know, depending on what might be happening. Uh, I, I think that's all really critical. And so that's a lot of what you're providing. Yeah. And you saw, um, obviously, with the pandemic, what that did when suddenly you don't have plans, and you have disruptions in supply chains. And if you're not able to react quick enough, or aren't able to, you know, sound the alarm and make sure that you have processes in place to take action, you can land in a situation that, you know, leaves your business vulnerable. And so, you know, I think a lot of people thankfully have learned from that, you know, you shouldn't take this for granted, that goods are just going to be there and that you will have availability of things. Like there is a, there, there are important questions you need to ask your suppliers and you need to be consistently following up and understanding, you know, with data, not just like a yes, that, you know, they have your best interests at hand and that they are looking out for you. And I think, you know, a lot of the time we spend is dealing, firefighting, because supply chain is is never perfect and there's always a, something always is going wrong. And from one day to the next, something will happen. But, you know, our job is to firefight those and make sure that the customer doesn't think about it, right? It's uh, uh, the analogy I always give yeah. is like going to a three Michelin star restaurant. Something's come in looking bad. Someone's been sick. But at the end of the day, someone's walking in and that's their 
once in a lifetime experience that it needs to go well. And so, you know, our job is to be in that kitchen and making sure that we're delivering the goods and we're doing whatever we can, whatever's possible to make sure that the person who's getting the experience at the end of the day is getting a really seamless experience and, and you know, doesn't have to stress about where their coconut milk is. Yeah. So I like the, I like the analogy to firefighting because essentially that is a lot of what you're doing. You're trying to make it so that they get what they need. And I think that your global footprint, as far as supply chain, I've made this joke before the average citizen across the world, I don't think ever thought about supply chain, worried about supply chain, maybe didn't even use supply chain in any conversation they ever had until it impacted them, which has been more recently. And so we are having conversations about that. And they're realizing that issues to be solved that have been solved in the background before that have been pushed to the foreground. I see with Ingredient Brothers is your global perspective. And maybe you can share a little bit about how you have you know, your fingers in a lot of different countries across the world. So you are giving your customers options. Yeah. I mean, we very early on decided that we were going to build a team that was truly global and truly remote. And so we have um, people all over the world working for us. So we actually just got together last week for the first time, which was a whole supply chain um, nightmare on its own. But we, you know, <laughs> we have, uh, we have teams in, South America, we have, you know, people in Southeast Asia and Africa and having one, like you said, different perspectives on how to solve different problems is super powerful. And having people, you know, close to the source allows us to react a lot quicker. And so I think, you know, that has given us a nice advantage as we built the business. Um, But we also are not afraid to import from many different countries. And so in our short two years, we've imported from, I think it's around 15 different countries. And you learn lessons and unique things about each shipping lane, each trucking lane, each supply, each manufacturing process, that translates to others. And so I think that overlap and that you know knowledge sharing has been incredibly powerful and uh, has allowed the team to become extremely and really resilient to any problems that they may face. Yeah, but footprint that you have and people in all these different countries with the different perspectives, let's not lose track of the benefit there. Uh, you're making the data available, integrated analytics, along with shipping information, along with customer information. Maybe you could share a little bit about that because we love to talk about technology here at Future Foodcast. That yeah. I think is a lot of what's benefiting the food in- food industry now and is going to continue in the future. Yeah, completely agree. And I think, you know, one thing we we realized um, having worked in the industry is a lot of times you find that there are many systems that companies have operate their business. And so they'll buy a CRM system to manage their customers. They'll buy a QA system to manage their food safety. They'll buy an ERP system to manage their vendors. They'll buy all these different systems. And what lands up happening is that information stays within certain silos. And that is you know, can be um, dangerous and it makes access to information incredibly hard. But, you know, what we did very early on was like, okay, we're going to solve one problem, which is importing of ingredients from around the world. We're not trying to build technology to change anything else. We're not trying to import anything else. We're not trying to start the next e-commerce company. What we're trying to do is make the movement of goods as simple as possible. And so, you know, by doing that, we, we effectively build one singular platform, which gives our sales team access to all the QA data and allows them to get, you know, have transparency around the QA data. It gives our QA team really great transparency into who our customers are, what they do and how they operate. Reduce so many of those barriers and you bring a lot of overlap uh, between the different functions. It it really gives everyone 
um, a slightly different perspective. It allows you to move really fast, uh, which we, you know, we really like. It allows us to move incredibly fast and it allows us to give our customers information much quicker than, you know, necessarily would have had in the past. And there's less, you know, let's say red tape in moving information across different systems and getting certain things for different people in different parts of the process. And so that we did not set out to build technology. I have an aversion to building technology uh, more about, you know, always in the buy versus build um, department, but then stumbled upon certain like easy to use coding platforms. And um, it started to morph into something, um, a system of its own. And it's it's been really, really beneficial. And we, you know, we recently went through an audit and they were, you know, really impressed with like what we were able to do. And it was really just about keeping it simple and keeping all the information in one central place. And that, that I think those two things alone really helped us. Well, aren't you going through some different processes right now? I have some different certifications. Yeah, exactly. Can explain we, what that is. Yeah, we, uh, we decided um, we brought on a head of QA um, a year ago and we challenged her to really think outside the box. And she she discovered that the BRC, which is globally recognized um, standard across, you know, mainly food manufacturing, where they will go in and they at least they give you the guidebook on what you should be doing. And then you will get independently audited, um, you know, by, let's say, SGS, which is a, you know, big auditing firm. They'll come in and check that you've implemented, you know, BRC standards um, across mm -hmm. manufacturing. And that is what I would say 90% of our or 95% of our suppliers uh, will subscribe to that. But then in the import space, once the goods move from manufacturer to importer, there isn't any certification. And so a lot of our customers were relying on our suppliers documentation, but no one was coming into Ingredient Brothers and saying, hey, you know, what is your recall policy? How often do you test it? When a customer complaint comes in, what does that process look like? How do you test it? When you get a request for a new ingredient, how do you verify the risk? How do you, what are, what are the standards you're looking at how do you build your own internal risk profile of that ingredients and what are you doing to mitigate that risk and so we found that the brc does offer like an importer's certificate called agents and brokers and there's like 20 um, that are certified in the us as mainly, mainly big companies and we decided to put a very aggressive challenge to the qa team um, and said let's do this in one year we're going to be certified and uh, we've just gone through our audits unfortunately we're i can't tell you what we got until it's like signed and sealed but it's um, it looking promising uh, but Great. yeah, we, you know, again, like, you know, we're trying to push things a little bit, trying to do things a bit better, trying to, you know, you know, think into the future and say, you know, well, one, these things really matter. Um, and, and so how do we show our customers? How do we show everyone else out there? This is the, you know, stamp that, you know, stamp of approval, as well as our commitment to continuing to, you know, improve because food safety is not a you know point in time. It's a, a continuous has to yes. be in your veins all the time in order for you to live by it effectively. Yeah, always vigilant on the food safety. That's for yeah. sure. You definitely want to be focused on that. And good for you to be proactive about, you know, pursuing these kinds of certifications that just give you more credibility with those you're doing business with and, you know, the, the feet on the ground information that they need. And you're verifying that and you're asking outside agencies to come in and audit. You know, if I'm looking for a company to do business with, that's the kind of thing that I'm looking for. One of the other things that you mentioned at the very beginning, when you went through several things yeah. about what you're doing as a company, you mentioned about pricing and trying to figure out about that, because that's a challenge as well. when you're trying to you know, it's a changing commodities market, right? So yeah. talk about that, the the balance that needs to be struck there, how you keep track of 
who's paying what or, or what you've paid before. I don't need yeah, to know think, all that's involved. You're the yeah, expert. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's again, I always, I like to give analogies. I'm a storyteller. And like the thing I always say to people is if you're buying one kilo of almonds and I give you half an hour to figure out where to buy them from and, you know, you sit down at your computer, you'll be able to build me a matrix of all the different online stores that sell almonds, the different certifications, when I can get them, what are the different pack sizes. And then if I go and tell you to buy 40,000 kilos of almonds and I give you a month, like you likely will still not have the right answer. And I think that that, you know, is very telling for the industry. And I think, you know, we don't have the solution yet from what we're doing to try and be better. We have a, you know, we're definitely collecting a lot of data. And so we're, you know, using the technology we have to really collect and start to understand how these prices move. Um, you know, we're sourcing a lot of new things that we've never sourced before, really trying to understand how they move. But then on the other side of it is, is really taking a long-term view to our customers, um, you know, and trying to sacrifice short-term profit over long-term customer, over long-term company growth and, you know, building a business that is fair and that, you know, we all have to make money in the end of the day. Like if I go and take every penny out of my supplier, well, they're not going to be incentivized to work with me and so you know there is a margin that they want to operate in there's a margin that i want to operate in and i think ensuring that i operate within those bounds with integrity um, building the relationships with our customers around that um you know it sounds simple and it's like oh well if you ever you know that's easy to do um you know i think you'd be surprised at you know how many companies or because there's so resource constraints on the procurement and sourcing side land up paying you know probably more than they should uh, for certain ingredients because they're just they just don't have the time to do the research and figure out like uh, how much should i be paying for something and like what does that process look like so you know we we try and really hold ourselves accountable to you know um to some you know let's say yardstick on like what you know what we're prepared to to make on things and you know, you know right. are we going to one day be super transparent yeah i hope we can get to that i think we're too small right now to you know just open our you know sh you know open everything up we we need to understand yeah. a little bit more of how the market works but yeah i would love to make it feel like you're walking into Costco you know it's like I think it's the best feeling when you walk into Costco because you know just know when you take the olive oil off like that's what you should be paying for olive oil and so as long oh, as you're paying the price, like that's it and like that's a good feeling whereas if you walk into a car dealership you walk out and not you know you just bought a car and you just don't feel good about it you know so not like, so much yeah well, so, am yeah. I hearing so let me translate a little bit am I hearing you're talking about maybe taking the long view with your customers so maybe you're going to forego a little short-term profit that you could could gain. However, it would be at the, you know, the customer you have maybe taking more risk or maybe getting in a price range that is not as comfortable for them versus, you know, meeting them part way in order to build that long-term partnership. Is that? Yeah, exactly. That, that. Okay. I think, you know, we look at both our pliers our people that work for us as well as our customers as stakeholders in the business and not those need to be in balance as long as we feel in balance with those i think we will be able to build a really good business and as you know i think what it's really easy to just increase your price by five cents and you know make a little bit more money at the end of the day um, but you know keeping that that equation in balance i think gets you over the long term i think it, it's not the only recipe for success but it is one of the recipes that i think can lead to success well and i also think that whole value equation you know it can become a price war but then you know there's there's a bigger picture it's not just the bag of almonds that you were using before i mean it's what goes around that you know the data you're providing or the certification that you're giving and the qa that you're doing and so that whole value equation really needs to be taken into account when companies are looking at so if you can i see what you're saying like if you can work on the price piece of it to still provide excellent value and maybe more than somebody else at the same 
price or a very close price. Yeah. You're you're really looking for that longer term partnership Correct. with your client. Exactly that. Yeah, and build I think that. All trust. of us like that. Yeah, if you I have agree. the right client, you know what I mean? That that right client where you uh you know you really work together well and they become a trusted partner. You're a trusted partner of theirs. They'll come to you first for their ingredients before they go searching the market because yeah, you've I think you proven it yourself. Very well at the beginning, which is like when the values aligned. And I think that that is super important. And, you know, the market is very big. You don't have to work with everyone. But when right. you find people where the values align, and we have certain customers like that, where like the values are really aligned, um, I think it's, it's a very meaningful and rewarding relationship. And so everyone can win. Nice initiatives you have going on at Ingredient Brothers. And I like the fact that you're filling a, a void that you saw and, and just meeting a need that needed to be met. I mean, and, and I'm glad that there are customers out there that are realizing that as well, you know, as you gain more traction and uh, you've already got a good business going, but as you continue to expand with those customers and thank you for sharing that with us. Is thank there you so anything, much. you're welcome, but is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience before we go today? I mean, I think for food, you know, the one thing I'd say is ask the questions. Um, and, you know, now with ChatGPT, you can figure out pretty easily what questions to ask. I think that a lot of times, um, you know, there is, you know, even if you go into our website, it's not very easy to see all the processes that we have and all the things that we do to source and maintain, you know, and I think that does hurt us because, you know, people maybe don't value the service as much as they should. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, I would say, you know, until we get to that place where everything is super transparent, like I would, I would challenge customers to ask the questions and, you know, try and understand, you know, what it is that this importer is doing for you and what are the different processes and, and processes that they have in place, compliance that they have in place. And I, there are many, many amazing importers in the US and there are some that aren't as amazing. And I think if you learn to ask the right questions, you can decipher those. And I think that will make for a better food supply chain for everyone. Well, thanks again, Aaron, for sharing the Ingredient Brothers perspective on a business. And I want to tell our listeners that if you enjoyed this interview with Aaron I, and some insight into his business and would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on YouTube or on your favorite podcast channel. And we look forward to bringing you another episode next week. Thanks so much, Pam.